Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And we're recording a podcast. Yeah. Super cool. So we haven't really done that much cool stuff since the last time. At least I haven't. Wait, the gym. Last I time did. we talked. I went to the gym. You had the gym and you had this plan. I did have a plan. How'd it go? Not great. Not great? No. <laughs> I don't remember what happened this Wednesday, which was when I was going to work out, but... I was over eager on Friday because we had like spiritual formation day and then we had to come here for D&D. Right. So I had like a, what was going to be like a three hour in between period mm-hmm. and people ended up hanging out after formation. And so I didn't really leave until I had like an hour and a half in between period mm-hmm. and I still had to eat and work on stuff. And I just didn't, didn't it, was, happen. it was like, I was like, I just want to do it three days a week, spread it out every other day. So I'm going to just do it Friday between that period, and then it's like I should have either woken up early to do it or picked a different day. Hmm. But the week's not over. Right. I can still do it today. Still do it tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Yeah. It'll be good. But I did work out, and I did a lot of other things. So, I mean, I'm not really I'm kind of trying to focus on the good things over what I would have missed, and just mm-hmm. one day at a time. Speaking of Exodus, by the time this episode comes out, we will already be over halfway through Exodus. That's true. How are you feeling? Good. I don't know. This is, it's funny because I think Exodus mentioned this and I actually was talking to Davis about this the other day. I just know from personal experience and then talking to other people that have done Exodus in the past, this is when it gets hard because our bodies are so built for a 40 to 45 day experience Mm -hmm. because of Lent. I think it specifically said that a couple of days ago. Yeah. This is why we don't stop at 40 days. (laughs) Right. So it'll be interesting, but I think what's interesting is we're getting to that period and I think a lot of us are like noticing it's just getting difficult again. Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's this like hump at like fifty to sixty again once it gets like on the two two month mark to where it's like okay we can do this and then it's like really good again. And so it'll be interesting to see that kind of purifying moment with with everyone and what that looks like. I think I had mine a little earlier because I'm not quite on forty days necessarily actually doing it like you guys are. So. I've been like, yeah, I'm taking this seriously, but it might get hard as soon as it gets easy for you guys again. <laughs> yeah. We'll kind of see. I, I kind of had a weird flow this week, too, where I had spiritual direction the other day. Yeah. And so a lot of good came from that. And so I think... It was yesterday? When this comes out, it will not be yesterday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How funny. He did um, our spiritual formation. For a door. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We, we ended early so he could go <laughs> That's funny. with you guys. And, and that was really good. We talked a lot about Exodus and like how things have been going. And I definitely feel a little bit more motivated to yeah. jump back into it. So hopefully we can hit the ground running with that too. So anyone who's listening and doing Exodus 90, obviously we're praying for you. This is true. Doubly so, because we pray for the listeners and we, as Exodus people, we pray for each other. So good luck. Hope it's going well. With that, what have you been taking in? Same old, same old H.P. Lovecraft and... LeVar Burton reads, but I haven't like listened to any new ones or read any short stories from HP in the book yet since we recorded last. Biggest two things I've taken in, Jonathan Alexander lended us an old version of his Apple TV. So we kind of like hooked that up in our apartment and we that's now we have like a one-stop shop for like Netflix and all those things. Oh, cool. Uh, which is really nice. Disney and Plus. No, because it's an old generation, <laughs> so we'd have to like airplay it. I'm messing with you. I do have it, but we don't have it on that. And yeah, so we have like a like a 
buttload of Apple movies that Jonathan has bought on his iTunes account that we can watch. And so since then, I watched an old movie called Colossal that I forgot came out and was like always kind of interested in. It's the one with like... When you say old, are you talking like when we were growing up or old like actually? No, 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 no. Neither. Old is in like it came out like four or five years ago. <laughs> But I'm always usually really good at watching movies I want to see, like, within the year. And I didn't, and I forgot about it. And so it's the one with Anne Hathaway. Is that how you say her name, right? Yeah. And then Jason Sudeikis. And there's, like, a monster that's, like, terrorizing Soul. And then she realizes that she's controlling it on the other side of the earth and, like in america and like she's she's able to control it at a certain time each day at a certain spot and uh yeah that's kind of the Wait, movie so she has to be standing in a certain spot for it to correct to work yeah at 8:05 a.m and i remember it coming out and seeing the trailer and you're like what in the world yeah this came out in 2016 and this looks super cheesy it is it's like a comedy slash rom-com okay yeah it was it was fun. I just wanted to see it because yeah. the the premise seems so weird. You're like, okay, you got I got to see them explain this. Wow. So it was okay. And then me and Lizzie watched Knives Out, which is a movie. When the trailers came out, I was super against because you can only do so many who's done it's like Clue movies before you're like I've seen them all. And then you know it got like 99 percent Rotten Tomatoes, and then it got nominated, and then it was just people loved it and i was like oh crap okay i gotta see it and jonathan bugged me about it actually i'll do an early shout out like i mentioned again in the end ryan lambert yeah he listened to our last episode uh no the the sun episode is that the one that came out icarus he was listening to icarus and was like this was really good i'm listening to it right now have you guys seen knives out yeah and you get did he text you too yeah yeah <laughs> And I was like, no, but people keep telling me I'm going to watch it. But I understand yeah. why he asked that now. And we watched it and it's phenomenal. Yeah, I've heard several people say that. I, I don't know a whole lot about it. I, I think I saw the trailer and thought it looked kind of goofy. But it has a pretty stellar cast. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of This is like actors. the first thing that Captain America did after Endgame, I believe. Not Icarus? Just kidding. That was way before. Cool. Yeah, that's it. All right. Those two things. I don't have a whole lot of new stuff either, just because, like I said, I've been taking in mostly books. Right. And the books that I've been taking in are taking a while. Mm-hmm. So, still reading Clash of Kings by George R. R. Martin, because that book is extremely long. And then the other one that I'm still reading is The Weight of Honor by Morgan Rice. So, those are the two books that I'm taking in. And this week... I'm sure you've noticed this about me. A lot of the times when something comes in my head or someone will say something, a song with that lyric, I'll just like pop into my head and start singing. Okay. And so somehow at work, someone said something that reminded me of Selena. Like the Spanish? Yeah. Like the Mexican-American singer. And so I sang Selena songs like several days, like all day at work. And yeah, so I didn't actually listen to it, but. It was stuck in my head, so I kind of listened to it. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. But yeah, so Bitty Bitty Bum Bum, of course, classic. And then Como La Flor. Have you noticed actually not being able to listen to certain music, singing more songs to yourself? All the time. I feel like I'm literally insane. Or maybe I just notice it more. Because I feel like I do that a lot. Yeah. Because 
you know, Lizzie's doing the Fiat thing, and I mentioned like two or three episodes ago, we found like new bands, mm-hmm. and we're trying not to listen to them, but we're in the car, and there's like one song that it's always stuck in our head, and we're just singing it to each other because she's like, "Oh, listen to it," and we're like, "Well, let's sing it then." And we just start yeah. singing. <laughs> Well, I was telling you the other day how we were waiting in line at confession and I had the Scottish National Anthem yeah. stuck in my head with yeah. the, like the bagpipes and drums going on. And it was for like 45 minutes. I couldn't do anything about it. So, I don't know. I, I feel like my brain is kind of I remember that reverting the first back. time I did Exodus of just like driving around and singing songs all the time. It was almost like you're detoxing your brain from everything you've put into it. Yeah. <laughs> all the songs are just <laughs> pouring out. That's that's really all I've taken in so far this week. So it's thank been goodness a- doesn't happen with like podcasts. Oh my gosh, I'd start talking like in an Australian accent, like <laughs> Matt Frad, just regurgitating things from the Suma. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's all I got. Nice. Well, I, I guess we kind of listened to this song. We did. No, we did. But there's a reason we listened to it, and that reason is this is going to be interesting. I think, but two, <laughs> hopefully all of our episodes are interesting. Hopefully two or three weeks ago, it might've been three weeks ago. I don't even know. I was doing mass announcements at my mission at Shrine and, um, we have an RCIA program and there was two people at one of the masses during that program that, you know, left after the gospel to go to their classes. And, uh, I was outside after mass talking to parents about youth group and, programs and the retreat coming up and this really tall man who i noticed was in the program during mass like walk out like i said was really tall like very like 50 feet very andre the giant build not really he was just towering (laughs) and just kind of intimidating like bald and he just came over and was like i was looking for the deacon to bless something but he was out here now he's not which is weird because i don't see it He's, so I did it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's like, which is weird because I don't see the bat symbol anywhere. And he like looks up in the sky and I knew he was making a joke, but I just thought he like knew something about the deacon that I didn't, like some kind of inside joke, which is not true. I come to later find out he's just a big nerd. <laughs> and so he said that and I was like, okay. Then he's just kind of hovering with other people. And then after a while of like awkward hovering, he's like, I'm so-and-so. I don't remember his name. I'm so sorry. What if he's listening right now? I know. How embarrassing. I told him be? about the podcast, so. Great. <laughs> you can mock Gordon for not remembering names. And yeah, and then don't. I introduce myself and then he sees that I have a short shirt that says Adore and he's like, Adore Ministries, what's that? And I start talking and as soon as I get half a sentence in, the deacon walks out and he's like, oh, there he is and walks away. And I was like, okay. And they go and bless his car. That's what he wanted to bless. And then like everyone kind of scatters and like masses like bend over and no one's there and he kind of walks back up and he's like are you hungry and i'm like yeah i've been here since like eight or seven thirty and it's like 10 o'clock or 11 now mm-hmm. and he's like me thinks i should do something about that and i was like what are we talking about what is going on and he's like let's go eat and i was just like okay and so we get in our cars and he, we go to this country place no barbecue place i don't know if i call it country barbecue place in dickinson which i've always wanted to go to because it's people talk about it all the time sounds like a win yeah and he bought me lunch slash sort of breakfast but we ate like loaded potatoes this big as our heads nice. with brisket then i talked about 
Adore a little bit and what we did and he talked mostly about his life and I asked him about like his conversion story which was crazy mm-hmm. and then just randomly he was just like you know I just I kind of he got talk kind of media he took he asked like what kind of movies I liked and what kind of songs I liked and he mentioned songs that he liked and then how like coming back to the church he's noticed themes in the media that he intakes that also Christ-centered what yeah. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And he's like, for example, Until It Sleeps by Metallica. And I was like, okay. And I just start like taking notes in my phone. And he's like, oh, and Creeping Death by Metallica, obviously. And I was like, obviously. And I don't listen to Metallica. And I was like, what's Creeping Death? And he's like, that one's about the angel of death from Exodus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, of course. And I was like, oh. And then I shared about the podcast. And he sort of seemed slightly interested and then we kind of parted ways after like an hour, an hour and a half, because I had to go do the next mass announcement. And I hope to see him again. He's getting confirmed into the church this Easter. Nice. And I will give him a proper shout out when I meet him again and remember his name. But <laughs> for now, shout out. And so, because I take everything as a challenge and I love challenging ourselves, he's given us two songs that me and Clint have never heard until a few weeks ago when I brought this story up to him. And... Mention them as songs with Christian themes in them. I still have not listened to either of them all the way through. Yeah, just to point me, out. <laughs> me neither. I haven't listened to the, the, the bits that you played. Yeah. But that is what we are going to try to cover today. I literally have the lyrics up in front of me. I have them on Lyric Genius to give me some sort of insight to the author of these songs, mm-hmm. as well as what you and I know about God and theology and <laughs> the music videos that we've seen. I love the, like uncomfort that came from saying that like, things we know about <laughs> theology <laughs> yeah God yeah we faith. know some stuff so yeah that's what we're gonna do great let's do it okay so let's start with until it sleeps i think that's what we said great let's do it okay i think as far as this song goes what i've discovered is it is a song that one of the band members wrote either during or after but it was about his mother's fight with cancer in the it in this song when he wrote it was referring to the cancer and or like his frustration rage and anger and his pain right so it's all those type of things yeah you just want to go lyric by lyrics let's do it okay so the there's like kind of an intro and then some choruses and then some verses and the intro goes where do i take this pain of mine i run but it stays right by my side and that's just like this little intro line mm-hmm. and I, I think that reminds me of what was it the whatever gallows song the shadows running from the shadows yeah. uh yeah the macklemore song we right did. and i think it reminds me a lot of that in the sense that like pain like i said later we'll get into like anger and rage these things like wh- where where can i take them or where can i get away from them no matter where i go they seem to be like right behind me lurking mm-hmm. in, in, in these shadows yeah and then kind of moves on to the first chorus and says, so tear me open and pour me out, which every time I hear that, I keep thinking of I'm a little teapot song. I didn't think about that until the way that you just read it. And so it, tear me open, pour me out. <laughs> but that's not because it sounds real messed up. Yeah. Uh, so tear me open and pour me out. There's things inside that scream and shout and the pain still hates me. So hold me until it sleeps. Mm. Um, and like I said, that's the chorus. So we'll hear that again. But this is the first real big thing. And I think this is the central message where the, I don't know, it's really interesting because it talks about the pain hating him. So this almost seems like 
not a pain from remorse or anything like this, but he almost feels like this is something that's that's picking him and picking on him. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. And so he wants like, you know, we have this, we've talked about this before, the Eustace message of he wants to be torn, like the skin to be torn right. open. And that's so what I was thinking remove too. this pain from deep, deep inside of him. So just to clarify for anyone who's not familiar with that. So the Eustace message, I guess, that we're talking about is from the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is from the Chronicles of Narnia series by C.S. Lewis. Right. And in that book, Eustace, the cousin of the Pevensies, becomes a dragon because he kind of like gives in to being a little jerk in a way. And eventually Aslan, who is a lion that represents Jesus, comes in and starts pulling away the scales, the skin of the dragon. And it hurts him. And he says it's the most painful thing he's ever felt in his life. But by the end, he's back to his fleshy human skin and he feels right again, essentially. So it's kind of a metaphor for reconciliation in a way, right. too. Yeah. And then we have the the things inside that scream and shout. So it's almost like this image, like he's a perfect person when you see him. But inside, he's just full of these demons and these things that are la- like gnashing at him. And, mm-hmm. and I just imagine if you tore him open, they would just like spring out like this cartoon of just like crazy monster shadow spirits flying out. And then the last line is, so hold me until it sleeps. Yeah. And like I said, that could be it. It keeps saying is cancer, but this is the rage. This is the anger or even the idea of being picked on by the anger. Mm-hmm. Hold me until that is like numb and asleep and gone. Yeah. And I think especially for the stereotype of like the Metallica kind of like metalhead kind of thing. This is pretty stereotypical, right? You have the kind of person who holds things inside, right? Guys, especially we're pretty guilty of this, especially if you're Germanic (laughs) descendants, (laughs) but yeah. So like Irish, just drink things away. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I feel like eventually it comes out eventually, (laughs) but when you're, and you're drinking enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so he's holding it inside and like these things are screaming and shouting. Like you said, if he were to open up, things would pour out. Yeah. But it takes a lot of vulnerability for someone like this to say like, just hold me until it's gone. Yeah, that's a vulnerable like moment. Yeah. I mean, I it's weird too because the first time we looked at this two weeks ago, I thought he was talking about the darkness. Like oh. hold me until it sleeps. Like he's like, this is inside me and I don't want this. But right now this is what I have. So I kind of just want you because you're something no it's it's like consolation i think like be with me but who like are you talking about is he talking about his mom or because we haven't really gotten this message of who he's talking yeah, to is this like yet. a prayer i think it, the way that we're understanding it very well could be right i i think if i'm trying to remember the, the lyrics right now but i think it kind of progresses to different conversations stages, right and stages throughout so i i think each chorus and verse essentially have their own kind of well, like situation, if I remember so, right. So, like I said, I'm in this lyric genius. And it does say the first top line, so tear me open and pour me out. It says that this comes off as a cry for help from the narrator. Mm. And so, essentially, I guess it's either a prayer or just, you know, it could be therapy or it could be he's having coffee with a friend. And like you said, it's vulnerable. Yeah. And he's finally like admitting this and being like, so I need you to sit with me not necessarily hold me but hold me in the sense of like in a conversation okay hold me in a sense of let's say that'd be an interesting coffee like hey hold, man will hold, you just, you like, just c- come just, hold me for a second just open here. <laughs> no what's really interesting about this song is 
when he shared his story, the conversion story and this thing, mm-hmm. one of the things he said literally was, I'm not a nice person. He looked at me and was just like, I am not a nice person. And he said that twice. And I'm just like eating and like, and like I said, he's towering over me. And I'm just like, uh-huh. please don't hurt me. <laughs> and I forgot what he said. He's like, I am the wolf in the night. And I was just like, and then he was like, that was kind of a joke. And I was just like, uh-huh. <laughs> eat faster. <laughs> and, uh, and so for his reason for faith in God is like, that's the only way he can keep that at bay. That mm. if he didn't have a, a God that he had faith in and knew that loved him or something, that that would just be unleashed on everyone around him, unleashed in his life. And it was really interesting. And this is the first song he brought up, so I think he relates to this yeah. in so many ways. Well, that jumps back to the Icarus episode that we did a couple weeks ago, too, where it talked about how darkness, you kind of just float in it, and it's not really a part of you, but the yeah. light, not only does it free you, but it becomes one with you and, and protects you. Yeah. So then we jump into kind of a, a verse, like I said, we're going to go into different kind of conversations. So it's like, it says, just like the curse, just like the stray, you feed it once and now it stays. Now it stays. And I think this is cool based on what I just shared about uh, the guy that shared this with me, because he knows he can't feed into what he knows is true about himself inside, whether actually it's, it's not true about himself. That's like an identity struggles identity isn't it? that something else but he knows it's true that if he feeds or lets this out it like it's like a stray dog is what he's talking about when you feed it it just keeps coming back and you're like no i don't i don't want you as a pet i'm just you seem hungry and it keeps coming back and coming back whereas if you feed into he feed, he's feeding into his faith and his trust in god to keep that at bay so it doesn't keep coming back so it stays not a part of him not his identity yeah, to, to get an understanding of the song, I wanted to listen to at least part of it. So I, I looked up the music video, and I would not recommend it for kids. There's some outfits that are questionable. But it does give some pretty good insight into the song, because it is essentially like a weird retelling of the fall of man right? after it, the creation story. Yeah, the video is like Adam and Eve. Yeah, so it's Adam and Eve and the tree and like all these demons around and stuff. With that context just like the curse just like the stray you feed it once and now it stays that's kind of looking at like sin and especially original sin right and i think the song definitely paints a picture like throughout the entire song of that original sin too and kind of the consequences and suffering that live in existence because of this original sin (laughs) right i think at some point it starts talking about the stain that's, yeah, that's what's uh, next. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to jump ahead then. Oh, let's we, we do right now. So it says, this is the next chorus, very similar, but a little bit different. It's almost like we keep getting a little more hint of truth. Yeah. So, so tear me open, but beware. There's things inside without a care. And the dirt still stains me, so wash me until I'm clean. Mm. Yeah, I think this one's a prayer too, man. Yeah. So the dirt still stains me. I mean, that's clearly like the stain of sin. And actually... I've brought up this before too. The the word Adam in Hebrew is one letter away from Adama, which means earth or dirt. Mm-hmm. And so the whole like creation story of saying that Adam was made from Adama is kind of like a literary play, right. right? And so this connection with the dirt still staining is also a reference back to to that Adam and, and the original sin too. 
and then so wash me until I'm clean. I mean, that's a, a prayer for help again. Right. A reconciliation. Which eventually we do get a way to, to clean, clean us that way, this washing. Did you say my name? Clint. Okay. To Clint us that way. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And then there's this post-chorus, so as it says, it grips you, so hold me. It stains you, so hold me. It hates you, so hold me. It holds you, so hold me. Until it sleeps, until it sleeps. Mm. And so this is, once again, this is another cry for help, but I think this is, at this point, it's like desperation. Mm-hmm. So it, it grips you. He's saying, like, you understand, or because of this inside me, it's like holding on to you. So I need you to hold me until it sleeps. It stains you. It hates you. It holds you. This is just, uh, he's personifying what original sin is, what anger is, uh, essentially all these things that exist because of original sin. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of where we're leading it because of the music video, because, you know, if this song is about cancer or about like unseen circumstance or the anger that comes from pain, these are all things that exist because we live in a broken world because Mm -hmm. original sin exists. Yeah. And I, I think this is definitely in the original context, speaking to his mother, right? So the cancer grips her so he just wants to like hold her and stuff. But I think the way we're taking it definitely makes sense. Yeah. And then going to the end, I don't think this is this part's a prayer anymore because it's talking about it holds you. So hold me. So the sin, obviously sin cannot, God's not in a state of sin. That doesn't even make sense. And so he's talking to someone else at this point. And it seems like they are kind of calling on each other to like stand with each other and, and support each other until it's it's gone. Yeah, totally. And then we move on, and the next verse is interesting. It says, so tell me why you've chosen me. Don't want your grip. Don't want your greed. Don't want it. And it's interesting because the first line is something I think we can make a prayer all the time. And in a world where things seem against us because it's such a broken world, and like we're like, God, how could you allow this? And like that's we've talked about that on different episodes before. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, why have you chosen me? Like, I don't, I don't want it to be your, one of your chosen people like, if this is what I have to live with and to make it to heaven or right. all these things. But in the context of the rest of the verse, exactly. I think it's talking to someone else, Satan or, yeah. or sin. Exactly. That's so, why I said it was interesting because yeah. obviously God isn't greedy. There is no greed right. or, or grip on us. We are, we are free people. Yeah. And so this is almost a rejection of that sin. So I don't want your grip. I don't want your grip. I just don't want it. And then tell me why you've chosen me. I think you mentioned this sometime when we were talking about this, where it's the why me? Right. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my mother kind of thing? So why, why, why have you chosen us? Totally. And so it goes into one of the last courses, I think. I'll tear me open, make you gone. No more can you hurt anyone. And the fear still shakes me, so hold me until it sleeps. And I think this is a huge turning point for the person having the conversation. The first time it says he's asking someone to tear me open and pour this out. And the second time is like, so tear me open, but be careful. And that could be, that's something like interesting when we're vulnerable. Like the first time he's like, do it, and he's being vulnerable. The second time he's being vulnerable, but he's like, wait, you might not like what you see. Mm. Wait, like tear me open, but wait, be careful, like it's dangerous or you might you might not like me and then and then you're just gonna turn away from me this one is now he's made a choice to do it himself and i think this is important because in a lot of ways a lot of this stuff comes down to us and god 
Like, so I'm going to tear me open and, and make you gone. This is, he's still talking to Satan now. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to take you out of me because no more can you hurt me. I know I can get rid of this and the fear still shakes me, but God's going to hold me until it sleeps. Mm-hmm. Would you have anything else to that? Or no, no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Great. And then it keeps going. So grip grips you. So hold me, you know, stains you. It hates you. It holds you. So hold me until it sleeps. And then it goes into this bridge and it says, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want, I want, I want it. But he's, he's still saying it's like he's trying. It's almost like he has had this conversion the second half of the song. Yeah, it's the rejection. Yeah. We go back into the same chorus. So tear me open, but beware. The dirt still stains me. So wash me until I'm clean. And there's a new chorus right as it ends. Oh, wait, no, that's the same one. Nope. Yeah. New chorus sort of. So, yeah, the one you just read is the second chorus from the beginning where right. he's like hesitant. Yeah. And this is the last chorus as we as we go out. It says, I'll tear me open. Make you gone. No longer will you hurt me, just like before. And the hate still shapes me, so hold me until it sleeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this can... I don't know the guy that you talked to, but I think this can really, at least for myself, relate to this. Because even after you pull away from whatever it was that was happening, there's still this residual effect of whatever that sin is, whatever that hate is, whatever that pain is, where it's not completely gone. Right, so we have the temporal consequences of sin, and I think this is what it's talking about: is the hate. It, it's still shaped me. It's it's still here in in a way, not in that I'm I'm hating or or anyone's hating me, but it's it's still influenced me, and I can't ever get rid of what that's done to me. Yeah, when I hear that line, like he's making this choice to make it gone, and knowing that like I don't have to be hurt anymore by you. I'm still going to kind of be afraid, but I really know I don't have to be afraid, but I know like this is still going to shape me. That reminds me of just uh, testimony. Literally, like your testimony stems from this is where I was. This is what I've dealt with. I was angry. I was hurt. I was, why me? Then I experienced God in this way and he entered into this. And it and, hurt and he tore me right, open. And then, and then I'm here and I'm not rid of all this yet, but like this is my journey and this is my testimony and I'm still, I'm still being shaped by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's until it sleeps Metallica. Yeah. And kind of the reason why we chose this order for the two songs is because obviously that's the fall of man, which is Genesis, the creation story. It's like Genesis three or four or something like that. And then this next song, like, like you mentioned before is Exodus. Right. Like through and through. I mean, from the very first words, no, you're going to notice like this is clearly pretty obvious. Why would this one reason? Why would want to pick like just one? Because this one would be kind of too too like, easy. Yeah. <laughs> but something that's interesting about this, and I don't really know how to cover it because I was going to study it and I didn't. But this is from the perspective of the angel of death. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where there is a culture in metal. Where you know they're going to portray truth in in a darker tone and in, in, in a different perspective to where it might seem like it's it's evil or weird or just like raw. And I think this is one of those ways. And so because of that, there's a few things we'll probably reduct in a way because it's it's making maybe Moses or or who the angel of death is working for just really I don't know kind of twists I think some of the story in a way but mm-hmm. i think that's what metal music does it's like twisting this story to make it more harsh to make the person that hears the song go like wait a minute what and like get your attention and so it's called creeping death which is another name for the angel of death and here we go 
Okay. So, verse 1 says, Slaves, Hebrews born to serve, to the Pharaoh, heed his every word, live in fear, faith of the unknown one, the deliverer. Wait, something must be done 400 years. Here yeah. sets up the story. Yeah, it's, it's just setting up the whole Hebrews enslaved in, in Egypt yeah. story, uh, which most of us are probably familiar with. If not, go ahead and read Exodus, or even if you want to... Just the, watch the, Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt, <laughs> or the Ten Commandments. So it, uh, in looking up stuff on this, it says that the reason they wrote this song was because one of the musicians was obsessed with the the Ten Commandments yeah. movie. Yeah. Which is the super yeah super one of the lines one. is directly actually the next line is directly from that movie. Yes, yes, it from is the fir- first line of the chorus. So let's yeah. go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, so we're going right into the chorus after they build up. Like, okay, we're talking about an Exodus story. We're talking about the Israelites slaved by Egypt, all these things, and the chorus goes, "So let it be written, let it be done," which is a line that Pharaoh says in the movie The Ten Commandments, and or no, Moses says that. Is that right? Uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's kind of saying he was sent to be Pharaoh by the Chosen One, um, which isn't necessarily true. He says, so let it be written, let it be done. I am sent here by the Chosen One. Let it be written, let it be done to kill the firstborn Pharaoh's son. I'm creeping death. Yeah, well, I I think they took... This is Angel, yeah. I think they took the so let it be written, so let it be done as a a nod to the movie. But it's being told through... Angel of Death. The Angel of Death. Yeah. And he's saying, like, let this be written, let this be done. And he's coming through to kill the firstborn son. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain any of that some? Since that's what the song is about. Like, Yeah, so it's the final plague. So there's the, the ten plagues of Egypt. Basically, uh, if you're familiar with the end of Genesis, what happened was there was this huge famine in, it says the whole world, right? But basically the, the known world or the holy land. And... The children of Israel, or Jacob, came to Egypt to find food, where the 11 brothers actually found their brother Joseph, the dreamer, who they had sold into slavery and was now in charge of all of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of received them. And it's, it's actually kind of interesting. He explains in Genesis how he forgives them because he recognized that God did this so that he could later save them. So it's kind of like how God works through evil actions. They were allowed to sell him into slavery so that he could later save them, right? And so eventually he's like, okay, we have enough food here in Egypt to take care of everyone in our family, in our entire tribe. Just bring everyone to Egypt. We'll give you your own land because he was second in command in all of Egypt. So he brings them in. And then 400 years later, which is where the reference from the first verse comes from, obviously there's a new Pharaoh. Things have changed all of the brothers are, are dead and gone, and now things are different. Now they've been enslaved, and they're not allowed to leave anymore. And so right. over time, they grow so big that the Egyptians are trying to control them and rule them so that they don't try and retaliate. Right. And so that's kind of where it's at. And they're no, no longer allowed to worship the, the Hebrew god, El, or like the god that we worship, right? And so they have Moses, right? And then Moses goes out into the desert well he was kind of adopted by the pharaoh's sister right because weren't they in order to keep them from getting too big to retaliate killing yeah so they were killing all the firstborn sons of the hebrews right no all the sons of the hebrews yeah all the sons not just the firstborn yeah 
See, they're killing all the sons of the Hebrews so they could kind of control them. And then Moses' mom sent him in a basket down the Nile. It was found by one of the Egyptian princesses. And she took him in. He was raised as an Egyptian. But eventually he saw like mistreatment of the Hebrews, acted out, killed the Egyptian to save him, ended up fleeing, got married, had some kids, met the burning bush, which is actually God talking through the Holy Spirit. The bush doesn't actually burn. It's just perpetually on fire sends Moses back in Moses is like hey I have a speech impediment what am I supposed to tell these people God's like don't worry I'll take care of it I'm going to send you your brother and he'll speak for you you just do what I say and he did and he goes back Uh, there's a lot more to it than that but when he goes back he tells the pharaoh and the pharaoh's like I'm not going to let all you people just leave like this is our workforce right and yeah and so God's like okay then do this tell tell him we'll do this if he doesn't let the people go and he doesn't let the people go so they do it and there's these 10 plagues and the last one is that if he doesn't let our people go we're going to kill every firstborn son of every human and animal in all of Egypt and the Hebrew people in the land of Goshen which we'll talk about in a second they will be safe because they will mark it mark their their houses with blood so that I know to pass over them. So there you go. Hence Passover. Hence Passover. Yeah. And our freedom and all these things that come from the first song we covered. Yeah. So the next verse goes in now, let my people go, land of Goshen. Go, I will be with thee, bush of fire. Blood running red and strong down the Nile. Plague, darkness three days long. Hail to fire. Yeah. And so that's Kind of just talking about the story I just mentioned, right. uh, you see several of the plagues. So the Nile turning from water to blood, which is also kind of a foreshadowing of turning water to wine right. later on, and then turning water and wine to blood in the Eucharist down the road. And then you have the plague of darkness, where the sun is blotted out by by the moon. Mm-hmm. And then you have plague of hail, and then a plague of fire raining down. Yep. And then it goes back into kind of the chorus again. So let it be done. Let it be written. I'm the chosen one to kill the firstborn Pharaoh's son. I'm creeping death. Mm-hmm. Guitar solo. Goes into a killer guitar solo. It's so metal. And then it uh, goes into a bridge. <laughs> Die by my hand. I creep across the land. Killing firstborn man. Die by my hand. Creep across the land. Killing firstborn man. And it's like I said, just the perspective of angel of death. This is just like... He's coming across through Egypt, and he's just rocking out to this metal song, just like, and this is just doing doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I rule the midnight air, the destroyer. Born, I shall soon be there, deadly mass. I creep the steps and floor, final darkness, blood, lamb's blood, painted door. I shall pass. Yeah, so that's kind of explaining what I was talking about at the end. So that's Exodus 12, because that's where we get the... Passover meal Correct. described, right? And the lamb of the Egyptians or, or the land of the Hebrews, and that they would sacrifice, and it gives like all these criterias. So, for example, it has to be a one-year-old, unblemished lamb, unbroken bones, all that stuff. It's also foreshadowing of the Lamb of God, which right. is Jesus, right? right? So you have the unblemished male lamb. So Jesus was obviously male; he was without sin, so he wasn't blemished. And then you had to kill the lamb without uh, breaking any bones, and then it clearly points out in the gospels that when jesus was killed they didn't break any of his bones because he was already dead so they didn't need to snap his legs which was customary and then the blood of the lamb would be spread over the door 
which is like this wooden post, right? In the mm-hmm. same way that the crucifix is a wooden post, and that's what received the blood of, of Christ. Right. So uh, seeing the same kind of metaphors throughout that as well. And then that also foreshadows the Eucharist again in Exodus. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we go into the chorus one more time, but this is kind of the end of the song. And I think that's why we picked this second was because the first song was this story of the fall of man and this idea of original sin and these demons and this darkness and this pain. And it's like, why does it exist? And kind of knowing in that moment, like in this journey, I need to turn to my like father. I need mm-hmm. to turn to this, this savior. I need help. And this is a major point of redemption this for is the people exactly. of, of This Israel. is this freeing and this freedom from slavery, but also this foreshadowing that we just said in this last and third verse of the coming of Christ, who, just like in Passover, will be the sacrificial lamb on the cross to free us not only from Egypt, but now from this original sin that we were just singing about in the first song. I think also one of the things that would be cool to talk about real quick is at least for me, one of the weirdest parts about these plagues is how it says that, well, it's phrased a few different ways. So it says either Pharaoh hardened his heart or I, the Lord, will harden Pharaoh's heart right? or the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. It's like a combination of those three phrasings. And a lot of the times we can ask ourselves the question of why would God intentionally harden the hearts of Pharaoh and the Egyptians when he could just let them save themselves and do the same thing? And we talked about this a few weeks ago. We did. And there's a really good example, but I thought it'd be really cool to bring it up again because yeah. we're specifically talking about that. So totally. do you want to break it down? Uh, yeah, the way I, I understand it is that it referred to our souls in two states. You have a heart or, or whatever. You have butter in general. Let's just sum up in general. You have butter and you have clay. And you put those out in the sun, in this heat. And they are two different things that react differently to the same thing. Mm -hmm. So the sun who's just giving off heat would melt butter and the sun who's giving off heat would actually harden clay. You know, you put it after you make pottery, whatever you put it somewhere and it hardens. So it holds that shape. And so the sun clearly like the son of God, you know, we talk about that God being light and all these things. If, if you are preparing yourself and your heart to be in a way of, of butter that when it's presented into the sun, it, it melts and we have this that scripturally where he's like, I want to soften your heart, I yeah. make your heart soft. And then you're kind of are allowing God in, and you're allowing God to, as as we saw in the first song, shape you in this in this way. Whereas if if you oppose God, or if, if what you're you're kind of doing or preparing yourself is is against the way God wants, then when you experience the light and the Son of God and and this love it's going to harden you Mm -hmm. and not in a way where God wants to harden you. So that's what we get where he said, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that was just meaning that in this final or not this final plague, I don't know when he hardened his heart, but in this one plague, when it happened, Pharaoh kind of realized, Oh my gosh, or Holy crap that either way, those are really bad examples. Pharaoh realized, geez, okay, God, (laughs) this God actually could be, or is who he says he is. Right. And Pharaoh being Pharaoh is supposed to mean like, I am a God. Right. And so Pharaoh's like, well, if he is this ultimate God. Then I can't be. I can't be Pharaoh. And in the midst of that revelation, his he was hardened. Because right. everything he stood for was against God and he realized that. And so it's like God hardened him in that moment by realizing God was God. 
Yeah, and I do want to point out something because you made a really good point that the parts where it says that God hardened his heart, I think all, or at least almost all of them are at the end, like the final plagues. And the beginning plagues, it says Pharaoh hardened his heart. It was right after every time his magicians could do the same thing. Yeah. That's when Pharaoh's like, and would harden his own heart because he didn't quite realize God was God. He realized like, you're just making this stuff up. Yeah. And so you have the the first half of this time, he's preparing his heart to be hardened. Yeah. He's like, we could do the same thing. You're, this is baloney. Right. Whereas the Hebrews, the Israelites were. I think think it was the boils was the first time because the magicians were too much in pain to do anything anything. and at that moment he was like oh man this isn't good (laughs) not fun (laughs) yeah and so it's that perpetual like what are you preparing your heart to be yeah how are you preparing your heart to receive that son yeah and which in this case is the son of god what i loved in that reflection that day and we talked about this once again two weeks ago is that i just liked it because it happens when you go into prayer and you're you're praying and it's almost like the first song where you're like God, why this? Why me? And and in prayer, you're almost frustrated, or you're angry, or you're feeling all these these emotions that stem from, like like I said, the fall of man and these things that exist on earth. But when you feel that way, it almost is is coming from a hardened sense mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily feel that way when your heart is soft. When your heart is soft, you might have the same thoughts, but you're surrendering. And you're like allowing God to be God and enter into the moments. But when you're not, then that means something in you or some way or something in your life or something the way you've prepared yourself is kind of against the idea that God is God. Mm-hmm. And and then and then you're and it's so that that's really struck me because I was like, I've had prayer like that a ton. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? Or what where, where was I at? And then you have to sit with that. You're like, why am I so frustrated? Like, what is, what am I doing that I, I don't trust? Maybe it's lack of trust, usually right. lack of faith, but yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect time to be discussing this because this is the first week of Lent. Mm-hmm. And so this whole next 40 days, or I guess 30 some days at this point, are this journey of trying to recognize what are those things that we're overly attached to? What are those things that are keeping us from right. recognizing God's like godhood, yeah, uh, divinity, whatever. What are those things, and how can I detach myself from them and allow God into that place? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I would really add another. I mean, for these weeks, too much of a challenge on top of hopefully what you're doing for Lent or any of that. But exactly what what you just said, kind of like sitting with maybe what you've chosen for Lent or, or how you've chosen to enter into Lent, or if you've chosen at all, and to sit and be like. You know, is there anything that's that opposes anything that makes you feel like I'm hardening against hot mm-hmm. God, hot, and uh, kind of work through that at least for this first week? I do want to throw one out there. Go ahead. A great thing to do during Lent, and actually we're, we're all supposed to, is go to reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So my challenge is actually based off of the first, first song. song. Yeah. Go to reconciliation, no matter how long it's been, if it's been months or years, or if it's only been two weeks, go to reconciliation, receive that mercy, allow whatever needs to be torn open to be torn open and start this Lent in a good place, you know, in in a place where you're softening your heart by doing that. And so by 
by going to reconciliation, you are already doing the other challenge too. You're preparing your heart to be softened by God. Yeah. Cool. Shout outs. Well, shout out to Dave, Dan, Mike, or Matt, or whatever his name is. Unknown man. Mystery man. Mystery man. Gordon's mystery man. Shout out. Shout out for this interesting challenge. Yeah. Without actually like challenging us. It's kind of cool that we're talking so much about like Exodus and stuff as we're doing it. It has come up. Yeah. I know. I even used that stuff in my talks lately. Really? Yeah. Just because it's engulfing. Yeah. And it's what I'm praying with. For sure. And usually, you know, I kind of want to integrate like my prayer into my my talks a little bit. So I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. That's kind of it, really. Okay. Yeah. I don't have any shout outs. So. I mean, I want to shout out all you guys that listen. And, oh, well, I mean, Ryan Lambert, I did shout out him earlier. Just because oh, yeah. he, he definitely reached out and listened. So those people and, and anyone else that listens, like I said, we used to have an old model that showed you guys your names and your listening. And we changed to a much better system, which is why we've been able to reach so many more people, which has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really show us when you listen, like by name. So, so you need to reach out to if us. you want. Yeah. If you want to shout out, just reach out. Like literally it was as simple as Ryan's like, I was listening to this podcast. It's been good. And we're great. Yeah. So that's, you know, and the places where you can do that. Yeah. You can reach us on Twitter at on the adventure Two. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube at the Christ and culture. The easiest way to find all of our stuff in one place is to go to our website, the Christ where you can find every episode and all of our social media stuff right there. Pretty easy. Additionally, if you guys like what we do and you want to support us in any way, the easiest way to do that is to just tell people. Just have a conversation. Uh, we've we've mentioned a couple of times in the last couple of weeks how you guys have shared this show with someone. And because of that, more people have been able to find what we're doing. And, mm-hmm. and that's been awesome. So thank you for that. You can also like, subscribe, and leave reviews. That helps the internet uh i don't know how you want to say it that helps <laughs> the algorithms that helps the algorithms yeah the social media internet world yeah helps us be found to send us to more people with similar interests so make sure you guys are doing that it's really really easy usually just takes one click of a button less than a second so just go do that and we'd really appreciate it if you really really like what we do and you want to support us you want access to more stuff check us out on patreon.com backslash the christ in culture and you can support us monetarily. And in thanks, we will give you extra content. We will give you extra merchandise and stuff like that. So make sure you're checking that stuff out. Yeah. Otherwise, as always, thank you guys once again for joining us on this adventure. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.